Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. encourage you to pray for them just because they just need your prayers and obviously and and not that they need your prayers because they need help but they just need help you know what I mean they need help from God because what they do is they come and they lead us into the presence of God they lead us in this worship and so uh, they need support they need help because you realize that they're an intricate part of what we do and so you know that they're under attack just simply because of what they do and, and obviously when they get up to, to lead us in worship, they set the atmosphere. And one of the things that they set the atmosphere is for the ministry of the word. It gives you an opportunity to give to God in your worship toward him. And then after giving to God, you're in a position ready to receive from God. And so, man, it's such a vital part. So like I said, lift him up in prayer. Pray for me, if you will. Pray for our kids' ministry, all those that are serving here and again, we just need and covet your prayers. Appreciate that. Amen? Amen. Well, how many of you have just uh, found that God is moving in this year of 2018? Are you expecting good things? You know, it's only, what, getting into the third week of, of 2018. And I'm just believing for God to do some amazing things in our lives and in our church. And if you recall, we said last week that there's something about hope. That if you'll purpose just to have hope it begins to stir you in your faith. If you don't have, have hope or anything to look forward to, all you'll do is continually look back. And if the memories of your past are greater than the memories or the, the thoughts of your future, you're sunk. Because again, your memories, if the past is stronger in your thought life, it will continually pull you back and hold you anchored to that past rather than letting you move forward. And so when you begin to have hope, I'm telling you, it will give you a pep in your step. It will give you a second wind. It will allow you just to continue in the journey that God has before you. And, and we said that God is going to be moving in this year just in power. What does that mean? Does that mean to get weird and kooky? No, it just means that God is going to prove and show himself faithful. I said, I think last week, that God is not a God of, uh, of, of hide and seek. He's a God of show and tell. How many of you know that God likes to show off? Man, he's a show off because he likes to show you how much he loves you. How many of you like to... Get recognized for what you do and when you do it well. I think we all do. Thank you for the one honest hand. Yeah. You know, just, just to give you a little side thought, I'm, I, I'm probably speaking too, too, too prematurely here because I'm believing for good results physically. But I, I, many of you know that I was in martial arts for a number of years, right? And Chuck Norris was, was you know, one of my heroes. In fact, when I got into martial arts, I got into the Chuck Norris Karate Academy. That, that was... That was what I strived for. And so I just got a question. Do I look any more like Chuck Norris right now? Maybe maybe not yet. Well, the reason I ask you that is because I got one of those total gems. Have you ever seen the commercial by Chuck Norris? I I picked up one of those babies. 
Found it online. Cheap. Paid 50 bucks for that. And I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm going to look like Chuck Norris again. Get back to my fighting weight, you know? <laughs> Come on. I said there's hope. Man, you got to have something to hope for, right? But listen, we're just believing God to show up. And, and I'm looking for it to show up. The work that I've put in, the, the exercise, the, the, the correcting of the diet, I'm expecting it to show up. And when people start saying, wow, you're looking, looking good, I'm, I'm waiting for that day. So don't be bashful. You can tell me that down the road in a few weeks or so, right? And just kind of give me a pep in my step or something. So, but anyways, God is a God that likes to show off and show up. He does that simply because he loves us. And so, if you recall, we said that in regards to this, this year that we've come into, that we're purposing to trust God in a new way. And not just from the perspective of saying, God, I'm going to surrender my entire life to you. And, and that sounds good. And as a pastor, I want to say that. Go all in for God. Surrender your entire life. Just get fired up for God. But I realize that for most, life has just consumed us. And so we made this challenge to you that let's just give God some room this year. Let's make room for God in our life. Now that might sound real simple, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But if you recall, I gave this an example, like say, we invited God over to our house. Now, God is not just the crazy ant that we have. God, we're talking creator of the universe. We're talking about the God that is omnipotent, the God that is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that created everything. We said, God, come and stay at my house, and I've made a room for you. The back room there is just for you. Now, if God took possession of that room, everything that God is, he's light, he's love, He's life, he's mercy, he's faithfulness, he's the creator, he is the, the, the way maker, he is the miracle worker. Everything about who God is, he shows up at your house in that room. Now, if you know anything about God, God can't just stay in a box. God increases, God multiplies, God grows, God shows off. And so it doesn't take long for God, if we'll make room for him in the back room of our house, that he begins to flood over. He begins to overflow into other areas of the house. And before too long, those areas in the house that were dark, now is becoming light. Those things that we had in our, in our closet that just seemed there was bitterness and hatred, love consumed it. It begins to infect and overflow into the entire house until the entire house looks different because it's filled with life. It's filled with love. It's filled with God himself. Right? That's if we make room for him. Now, on the other side of that, just to kind of give you some personal background to our lives, the first ministry that we started, the first work that we, we started uh, uh, several years back, there was a, a fellow that happened to go to the church that we bought of the building. And he wanted to stay on with the church, and we welcomed him on. He was a young man that just seemed like he had a heart to serve God. But he fell on some hard times. He was legally blind. He was severely diabetic. And he was bipolar. And then in the midst of all that, he lost his job and became homeless. And because we had developed a relationship with him, and this is way before kids, 
We had developed a relationship with him. We invited him to come and stay at our house. In fact, we invited him to stay at our house for about two months until he could get on his feet and get into a place of his own. Now, Ron was a great guy, had a great personality. We had lots of laughs. He was never an imposition. He never caused trouble. He was a help around the house. But even though I invited Ron into my house, after two months, I was ready for Ron to go. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I said, he didn't cause any trouble. He wasn't a burden. He wasn't, he wasn't a hassle at all. And I'm the one that invited him in my house. But after a short stint of time, I'm ready for Ron to leave. Right? Because I invited him to come stay, but I didn't necessarily make room for him. Now, my sister, she has four daughters, all under the age of 12. She's pregnant right now, and everybody's believing for a boy. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But this is number five coming. I'm going to laugh loud on the inside if it's another girl. I don't know that I'll ever let them see me laugh, but it's going to be funny. But nevertheless, they got five children. But God forbid if something were to happen to my sister and my brother-in-law and those children needed a place to stay, I would invite those children into my home without question. Now, I might have to have a big conversation with my wife. I haven't even told her that I was going to say this. So she would say, hey, what are you talking about? But you know what I'm saying? Those kids need a place to stay. Now, to invite those children into my life, immediately I know it's going to be major inconvenience. It's going to be a major financial burden. It's going to be a major pain in the neck because this isn't just an invitation of a visit. This is stay with us until you're ready to leave the house. But what's the difference? Why would I invite those children into my house and take on the responsibility to raise them and after just a few weeks I was ready for Ron to go it was the relationship it's all in the relationship those little girls even though I don't know them that well because they're in Florida they're still my family and and even though I don't know them that well I love them but what makes the difference is the relationship. Can you say amen? You would do that without burden. Now listen to this scripture in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door, the door of the church, speaking of us as individuals being the church, and I continually knock. This is Jesus speaking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. Notice what the Bible says. Jesus is speaking, and this is prophetically speaking in the book of Revelation, saying that I'm going to be knocking on the hearts of the church, the people individual. He says they're getting to a place where they have kept me outside, but he says I'm going to be knocking on their heart's door, and I'm going to be speaking to them, and if they will let me in... If they will invite me in, I will restore them. I'll come into them if they will make room. 
I will restore them if they make an invitation. But once again, there's a difference between inviting someone and making room for someone. Now, when you invite somebody into your house, regardless whether it's a short visit or a long visit, when they come into your house, if they begin to feel comfortable, they bring everything that they are. They bring their personality. They bring their habits. They bring just their, their stuff, right? I've got some family members. haven't seen them in a long time. But I guarantee you that if I got together with the family reunion and that one particular family member that I hadn't seen in a while, I guarantee you that within just five minutes, their personality is going to show up. Come on, you, you're seeing faces right now of your family members, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I see it. When they show up, yep, personality. Drama shows up. All their stuff shows up. All their baggage shows up, right? When you invite somebody into your life, when you make room for somebody in, into, in, 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 make room for somebody into your life, they bring themselves, their character, their personality, everything about them, they bring with them. When God says, I'm knocking on your door, I want to restore you, the moment you invite him in, he begins to go to work at restoring. The first response of invitation is when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We're restored to relationship. Our sins are forgiven. But upon invitation, he brings who he is. Life, love, Mercy, forgiveness, restoration, everything about God, he begins to go to work because of who he is. But now, when it comes to God, as I said, there is a difference between making an invitation and making room. Because if all we do is make an invitation to receive Christ as he's knocking on the door. He steps through the door and he says, I've forgiven you of your sins. You've received salvation. You've asked me into your heart. You've received the invitation of salvation. But if that's all I do is make an invitation and not make room, eventually... There comes a rub. Eventually, there becomes an irritation. Remember I talked about Ron? I invited him in. But he brought everything that he was. Everything that his personality brought. And at a point in time, I was ready for him to go. And if we don't make room for God, God will begin to irritate you. Because he brings everything with him. He brings his sunshine. Woo-hoo! I'm not feeling real sunshiny right now, God. He brings in his mercy and forgiveness. I don't want to forgive right now, God. He brings in his goodness. I don't feel good right now, God. If we don't make room for God, he'll begin to irritate us. He restores life. What does he want to restore? He not only wants to restore our spirit by 
receiving eternal life, but he wants to restore your soul, which is your mind and your emotions, and he wants to restore your natural man, your physical life, everything that consumes us physically and naturally speaking. He wants to restore your emotions. He wants to restore your physical life. He wants to restore your family. He wants to restore your children. He wants to restore your marriage. But if I don't give him room, and all I ever gave him was the invitation, then when God in his nature and character just begins to be who he is, but God, you're irritating me right now. It's starting to rub. And you may not even recognize that it's irritation with God, but there becomes a rub just because of the nature of who he is. Listen to what this says in John's gospel. In John chapter 3, verse 16 is one that we all know. know. It's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's talking about the invitation, right? But now look at verse 17 says God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for no one for for not believing in God's one and only son verse 19 says and the judgment is based on this fact God's light came into the world but people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil, and who, uh, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sin will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. You see, if we don't make room for God eventually we're going to step back away from what God wants to do in our lives. Notice it said, the light comes. There was an invitation given. But without restoration, you'll continually live out of this place of darkness. And just because the invitation was received and light is there, it begins to irritate the darkness. Right? What do you do when you're not ready to wake up in the morning? When my kids, when it's time for school and the light goes on, you know what they do? They retreat to the darkness and they pull the covers over their head. Because I'm not ready for the light. Right? So, if we don't make room for God, it will continually begin to rub us. And everything that God is wanting to do is to make restoration, to fix, to make better. And really what we could say, it's just the blessing of God that he wants to pour out into our lives so that we can begin to experience this life that he desires for us to experience. I said to you that without making room, it will begin to irritate you. And you might say, I don't understand that. I don't get that. Let me give you an example. God has made a way of restoring our finances. God has made a way of saying, I'll bring restoration to the financial stability of your life. But then I go to church, and pastor gets up there every week, and he says, it's time to tithe. 
not only tithe, why don't you give some offering? Because God wants to bless you. What happens? Here we go, talking about that money stuff again. Talking about giving. What's God wanting to do? God set up a system to restore you, and if we don't make room, God says, I can't restore you. Remember he said this? He says, if you'll return to me the tithe, I'll return to you the blessing. Now, again, this message isn't about giving or about tithing, but do you understand the principle? Because that's a quick one that hits real close to home, doesn't it? Uh You mean I'm getting irritated with God? Yeah, you're not getting irritated with the pastor. You're not getting irritated with church because that's what church always does. They talk about money. No, really. It's the rub and the irritation with the light of God that says, I want to restore you. Amen? He's a restorer. He wants to increase us. And when he comes in, Everything that he is begins to overflow into our lives. It begins to fill us up. And your house only has so much room. I said your house only has so much room. Right? I mentioned those four children. Five that's coming. The fifth one's coming. My house is a very small house. And we manage with what we have right now. Three kids and a little dog. But if I had five more kids coming into my house, it would be overflowing. Right? And adding to that four additional girls, I can only imagine it would be overflowing with pink. I mean, me, my son, and the dog would have to go to the football game or something just to feel like men or something. I mean, there's there's too much pink in the house because it's overflowing, right? And so when anything begins to increase and overflow, something has to give. Something has to go. Something has to be displaced when God begins to grow. And that's what he's desiring. There's things that are rooted. There's things that, are, that are, are, are in our lives that have caused us to be where we're at, that we're just saying, I want more, I desire more. But God's saying, listen, if you'll allow me to just begin to move in your life, to overflow, to increase, you would begin to see things change and the landscape looking different. And you would find that there's restoration Not restoration from the standpoint of, oh yeah, it's all about the do's and the don'ts and I can't do this and I can't do that. i got to straighten up my act here. i got to straighten up this here. How many of you know that if you'll just get around the right people, your attitude will change just by the relationship? I'm telling you. You know, my wife and I, we can be driving down the road heading to our pastor's house. You know what I mean? Just being husbands and wives. And then we walk into their house. Hey, good to see you. How are you? Oh, man, it's been a long time. Hugs and just hang out. (laughs) Laughing and smiling and we're cutting up. And just a few minutes ago, we were arguing. (laughs) Right? Why? Because of the company that we're in now. And it wasn't that, oh, well, we got to get our act straightened up. No, it just made us straighten up. Right? 
when you get in the presence of God, when God starts moving in your life, it begins to displace some things. Don't worry about thinking, oh, dear God, I got a can't and I can't and I can't and do and blah, blah, blah. It, God begins to make the modifications. The moment we start making room for him, it just begins to change. Right? First Peter chapter 1 says this. It says, blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, he be has begotten us against again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you verse 5 says who are kept by the power everybody say by the power, by the power. who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last times in this, your great re- you, in this you greatly rejoice, though not the, excuse me, though for though now for a little while, if need be, you have been you have been grieved by various trials. Verse seven. I'll get it here. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though though now you do not see him, yet believing, you you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, I did a very poor job reading that. Forgive me for that. So let me just give it to you in a nutshell. You receive salvation, right? It says you receive salvation. As a result of receiving salvation, there's the challenges of life. But in receiving the challenges of life, you have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Through that revelation, you can begin to rejoice. And in your rejoicing, the power of God activates the inheritance that belongs to us in these last days. What does that mean? I've got to make room for God. Is there going to be stuff that comes up in my life? Is there going to be tests and trials? Yes, but I'm a child of God. I've made an invitation, but now there is an inheritance that belongs to me as a child of God, and therefore if I'll make room for Him, everything of who God is begins to move in my life, and it was made ready for these days that I'm living in. God so desires to move in your life. He so desires to move in your family. He's just simply saying, will you make room in my life or in your life? What does that look like? See, here's the thing. Making an invitation to receive Christ, you can go to heaven but never have known Jesus. I'll say that again. You can make an invitation or receive an invitation to have Christ in your life, but never know him and still go to heaven. Now, again, that's a slippery slope that you don't want to get too far away from. But God wants to know you on a personal level. And here's the thing. So many Christians are saying, I want all the blessings that I hear about but I'm not willing to make room. 
I like hearing all the stories, but that works for you. It never works for me. It always works when you make room for God. I said it always works when you make room for God in your life. When you make room for God in your life, you'll begin to understand and hear God's voice. How do I do that? I've got to spend time talking to him. His word is his voice speaking to me. In fact, this was several years ago, but I was out cutting the grass. Some of you may have heard this story before, but I was out cutting the grass. And as I was cutting the grass, the Lord said to me, he says, I want you to go buy Scott a garage door opener. Scott was a high school friend of mine, just lived a few miles away. And so I told Kelly, I said, hey, listen, I got to run down to the store. I got to run down to Sears and pick up a garage door opener for Scott. She goes, right now? I said, yeah. I said, man, I was cutting grass. God said, go buy him a garage door opener. So I went and picked it up at Sears. It's about 8 o'clock at night. I'm driving back. I said, hey, Scott. I said, I'm coming over. He says, what for? I said, I've got a garage door opener for you. He says, what? I says, yeah. I said, I'm bringing you a garage door opener. So I got over there, and he says, wow, that is so wild. Now, Scott is not a Christian. But he's a good buddy of mine that I'm still believing that he's coming to know Jesus one day. And in the midst of hearing God's voice, now listen, this is how accurate God can be in your life. I took it to him that night. The next day was his wife's birthday. And he says, that is so wild. He says, I was going to buy her a garage door opener tomorrow for her birthday. And I said, well, God told me to buy it for you, and God just saved your life. I mean, buying your wife a garage door opener is a, do something different. But do you understand what I'm saying? God spoke to my heart. I knew his voice. And I was able to follow his leading simply because I made room for him in my life. I remember there was a time that I was hungry for God and seeking after God. And I said, God, I said, I just, I want to be filled with your presence. I want to be filled with the spirit. And this is when I was in my early 20s. And I said, God, I said, I'm, I'm going upstairs and I'm, I'm not leaving the room until, until I meet you. And so I'm just worshiping God, praising God. And God's presence filled up the room so strong. That had I been standing, I couldn't have stood in his presence. You know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. That word inhabits means that God actually sits down on you. If God sits on you, do you think it's going to move you a little bit? I'm telling you, the the presence of God was so strong in my room. And it was simply because, God, I'm coming upstairs and I'm making room for you right now. And I'm not leaving here until I've had an encounter with you. God wants to be real in your life. I remember there was a young lady that I worked with several years back, and and we were in the office there, and I was talking to her, and she was asking me questions about God, and I started just telling her my experiences of just knowing God, not trying to coerce her into making Jesus her Lord. I just was telling her about my relationship with God. And then at a point in time, she says, stop. I said, what's the matter? She goes, stop talking about him. And I said, why? She said, because there's something happening. She goes, I just feel this presence on me. And she goes, my whole body is trembling. The more you talk about God, the more I start trembling. Why? Because 
you made room for God and God showed up. I remember one guy, he, was, he, he was, had, had back problems and I said, can I pray for you? And he says, sure. And, I, and God led me. He says, check his legs. We checked out his legs. He had one leg that was two inches shorter than the other. And I said, wow. I said, well, there's your problem right there. You got a leg shorter than the other. And I just said, in the name of Jesus. And when I said, in the name of Jesus, that leg grew out right in front of our eyes. You might say, I don't believe that. Listen, I've had too many things happen for you to convince me otherwise. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a God that wants to show up in power and wants to demonstrate himself in your life if you'll make room for him. If you'll make room for the miracle worker, he'll show up in miracles. If you want to show, have God show up in your finances, then make room for him. If you want God to restore your marriage, make room for him. And whatever you make room for him for, that's who he'll show up and become and be in your life. But if you don't make room... He'll start to irritate you. Oh, you talk about miracles. I don't believe in miracles. It's just a rub. It's just rubbing you. God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? If he did it then, he'll do it now. What's changed? Nothing. Same God. Just if we'll make room for him. Are you here this morning? Make room for God. Just real quick, I'm running out on time. But how can I begin to make room for God? Just some simple steps. When you get up in the morning, just begin to thank God. These are some real simple things, but you'll have to be conscious of them to make room. Just throughout your day, God, thank you. God, I thank you. God, I praise you for what you're doing. Every single morning when I drive my daughter to to school, as I'm getting in the vehicle, driving down the road, instinctively, every morning, I start, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's all I say. Thank you, Lord. And one day I thought, I wonder if my daughter thinks that's weird. Because every time I get in the car and we start driving out in the morning, I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then the Lord says, well, why would she think it was weird? Because that's what she knows. But what am I doing? I'm making room for God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Make room for his voice in your life by just giving place to his word. Let me say, I'm not a reader. Listen, you've got all kinds of time. Amen? If you'll just read one chapter a day, starting in the New Testament, just read a chapter a day and begin to see where God begins to speak to your heart. You'll have to make room for it. I don't like reading. I don't either. You just saw it just a few minutes ago. But you got to make room for it. You'll make room for everything else that you value. How much TV do you watch? Now, I don't say this being critical at all because TV is my outlet. It's a way for me to just let my brain take hiatus. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they said to me, they said, yeah, we've watched uh, this program all nine seasons of it, probably like six times. Nine seasons is nine years. And we've watched that thing for about, about six times through, start to begin or start to end. Once again, I don't say that to be critical, but that's a lot of TV watching. You know what I mean? I'm just as guilty, so don't think I'm being critical. My point is this. 
is that we have room for whatever we place value on. If you see God as being a restorer, that he wants to radically change your life, that it's not about saying, stop doing that, but if I'll just make room, God begins to modify and things just begin to fall off because I've made room for him. Amen? The Bible tells us that when Jesus was on the earth in his ministry, that people sought him by the hundreds of thousands. And what they sought him for, the Bible tells us was for the signs and the wonders. So in other words, they sought him for what he could do and to see the next thing that he would do. But that's just who he is. He's just the restorer. And if you'll seek him for only what he'll do, you'll find that he does things from time to time. Yet he's always wanting to do them. But without making room in developing the relationship you'll never be able to trust him for him. Does that make sense? His power is always present. His power is always available to restore. And from time to time, you'll see God show up and you're like, wow, wasn't God good? But without having a relationship with him and making room, you'll never get to the place of trusting him to say, well, God, I knew you did it then, but will you do it now? When you know him, make room for him, your confidence and trust in God. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're restored. God, my marriage is in a mess, and I don't know how you're going to fix it, but God, I know that you'll restore. God, my body is just out of whack, and I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, I know that you restore. God, my kids, they're crazy, they're devil's got a hold of him. I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, you are going to restore because I trust you. And God, I make room for you. When we make room for God, we make room for his power. And his power will restore. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to sing a closing song. Father, my prayer over this church is that we become less distracted, less deceived, that the eyes of our understanding are, in, are opened and enlightened. That we see the hope and the call. That we see the inheritance. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us. And I thank you, Father, that we as a church, as a people, are making room. And as you come into that room, you begin to restore. In Jesus' name. We surrender our hearts to you and we say, God, we make room. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.